you know that I use the um, Rode Podcaster uh, setup. It's a, it's almost a six channel. You could almost say it's a eight channel mixer and with a lot of bells and whistles. Um, currently retailing for $5.99 at your local stores. But um, you guys know that I use it and I liked it from the very beginning. Um, using it right now. Uh, and there was a couple of things that I wanted included in the roadcaster. I wanted the ability to be able to upload and download sounds easily to the eight pads. I wanted the ability to be able to just connect the roadcaster to a computer and download files instead of having to pop out the USB, which is a micro USB, which I cannot stand. And I emailed them and I said, hey, can you guys include a couple of things, the ability to upload or get the default sounds back and all sorts of things, maybe save banks of sounds so that I can do different shows and just load up all the music. And the guy it took a little bit, a couple of days maybe, and the guy emailed me back and said, have you checked out our latest firmware? And I said, uh, I have the latest firmware. This is what I thought. But I went online. I looked. It was 2.03, I think. And I said, I'm quite sure I just downloaded and installed a new firmware. I checked mine. Mine was at 1.13. So I went ahead and downloaded the firmware, updated the Rodecaster, And it is better than I even imagined. The new firmware adds so much to the roadcaster it's made it i I was happy with it before now i'm extremely ecstatic this is a great tool to walk around and do multiple podcasts really easy Um, in fact just as i was getting ready to do this i noticed they must have changed some of the compression features because my Micro SD card now can hold a lot more data, whether I'm multi-tracking or just single tracking like I do with this show, I can hold a lot, I can get a lot more shows on this one card. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely blown away by the Rodecaster. I'm, I'm happy with the way Rode responded. Their website, being able to actually communicate with them is a little bit difficult. I think they do that on purpose. They sort of, uh, if you want to speak to them, you really have to follow through on how to speak to them. Um, I don't see where they have a forum that's easy to go back and forth with comments about the equipment. But on this, I'm completely blown away. I really do want to test out their their microphone, uh, the, the Rodecast microphone. I want to test it out and see how good it is compared to the ones I have. I have quite a few microphones, as I went over before. I even have two that I haven't really used on this show yet that I do need to pull out of the basement and test them out. I mean, I have them. Might as well use them. Um, And there's one that I bought from church. It's an AKG uh, that works really well with the choir. And I I should have bought more of them, but I want to see how it works with uh, this setup. As I said, if... I'm really, really happy. Right now, I'm recording three different shows. Now, in truth, the other shows don't use the sound, the music yet. But once we get music for those shows, we're going to go ahead and get that set up. And you, there were times before it was easier to control it with a laptop connected to the Rodecaster. Now, 
you can do everything on the screen. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm glad I bought it and I would buy it again. Like I said, I, I liked it before the firmware update. After the firmware update, it's, it is absolutely uh, stupendous, outstanding, whatever you want to call it. All right. Now, funny enough, that wasn't the topic of today's show. Two things. Um, I might just have to call this a weekly show and I'll, I'll just get it out uh, on a weekly basis because I can't even promise I'll get it out on certain days. You know, the way my work schedule is, sometimes I'm available, sometimes I'm not. And because I, I record all over the place that sometimes it's just too noisy an environment or the work I'm doing doesn't allow me to record properly. So I will say that I might just have to stick to saying I will get it out once a week and even that I can't promise. So thanks for sticking with us here on, on Wired and... I continue to, you know, share it with your friends. If you have anything you want to talk to us about, you can email us unwired uh, at spaceage-llc.com or unwired the podcast. I'm not sure which one it is. Unwired the podcast. Okay. So do unwired first. I mean, I control the domain. I can make whatever names I want, but unwired at spaceage-llc.com and now you can even send email to unwired at spaceagellc.com so you could use the dash or not either one will work we also have a twitter uh unwired the at unwired the podcast i think we have instagram but i don't i don't use instagram as much i need to hire someone to help with my social media presence so any interns out there Someone looking to get into the business, hey, just reach out to me. Remember, unwired at spaceagellc.com. What else is there? Yes, okay, so the topic of today's message, the topic of today's show is really the process of buying. How I go about researching and buying equipment. Now, take the roadcaster for one. There's some specific job I wanted to do. I wanted to do podcasts easier. What I used to have, which has worked really well, was a Behringer 8-channel portable mixer, um, a Behringer headphone amplifier, uh, so I can have four headphone, four outs to headphones. It had, I had to have my laptop, I had to have, uh, so the interface would go into my laptop to record off of. It would attach to the headphone mixer to send audio out to. And then I needed the headphones, I needed the microphones, needed the mic stands. It got to be a bit clunky. It really did. Um, And so one of the problems was I wanted my daughter to be able to do podcasts. And while this setup is easy for me, it used to take close to 20 minutes to set it up, make sure everything was okay. But it was easy for me to do. It's much harder for you to give to someone who's not used to audio engineering and say, okay, here's a table full of equipment, put this together so you can record your podcast. And so that was a drawback to her going out and recording. So I wanted the, everything came with the, uh, the roadcaster. I also wanted the ability to have music and stuff where I didn't have to edit after the fact. Now, I still have to do some editing, 
but I didn't, you know, I wanted, sometimes you just want to do a quick and dirty show. You want to get what your stuff recorded and get it out there. So the Roadcaster came out at the perfect time. It had everything I needed. It recorded right on, uh, right to the machine. It actually recorded multi-track uh, after the second uh, firmware update. It had the ability to put in audio and it had multiple inputs, including Bluetooth. I was set. But it took research. And so you start looking, what are other people using? What would work? What um, fulfills exactly what I need? And so let me go through this, the process of how I search for something. And I'll give you a perfect example. I now, I sold off my camera, my Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 4K. Uh, because I realize I'm not really doing cinema. Now, this is funny because I still have my JVC LS300, uh, GY LS300. It's a really, really good camera. It has a couple of quirks, but it's really good. In fact, I used it the other day working with a friend of mine to record a commercial. And it was the only camera I had. I had interchangeable lenses, so I'm able to swap it out. That was important to me, the interchangeable lenses. Because each lens is unique, gives a unique, a unique look. And so I have the LS300. But sometimes you don't want to go through that setup. See, the LS300 to me is a bit more of a hybrid between a broadcast camcorder and a cinema camera. It has a log, file, um, a log setting, which looks pretty good. But then it also has the normal everyday Rec. 709 which looks very, very uh, uncinema-like. Uh, I think I've seen people do really nice things with it, but it is fairly uncinema-like. And even the J-Log that JVC uses is not as flat as some. You can really um, just tweak it a little bit, bring up your contrast, bring up your colors, your saturation, and get a good picture quickly. So it's not like a log that you have to spend a tremendous amount of time grading before it's useful. So the JVC is sort of hybrid, and but it has a couple of drawbacks with the interchangeable lens in that you have to take the extra time to put the lens on, and because it's Micro Four Thirds and I have mostly EF lenses, you need the adapter, and with the case I have, you can't put all that in, so as you take it out, you got to put all this stuff on it, and as you, if you're moving from place to place like we were, and you got to take all the stuff off and travel around, so it, it's not great for every situation. The truth is, no camera is great for every situation. It has a larger sensor than um, many camcorders, so you can get a better depth of field, that, that look that you might be going after. But it is still a Micro Four Thirds mount, so to me that limits the availability of some lenses, though you can get adapters for just about anything. So when I bought, when I bought the Pocket Cinema 4K, one of the things that attracted me was the price. The next thing that attracted me was how it looked. But then I came to realize I wasn't doing stories like that. And setting up the Pocket 4K, you thought setting up the LS300 took time. Setting up the Pocket 4K took serious time. I always had it in the, in the small rig cage. Um, but the amount of things you have to put on it to get it to work properly... 
it became uh, a bit tedious. Beautiful picture when you have the time, but it became tedious if I just wanted to shoot something really quick, run and gun. Couldn't do it. So when I sold it, the idea was I'm going to replace it with something different. I was looking along the lines of a GH5, but then my thinking is once again, I'll have the look. It's a really beautiful look, but it doesn't make up for the issue that I have with having to rig it up just to go out and shoot. Now I had a, one of the smaller JVCs, one of their, uh, half inch sensor with XLR uh, handle and I ended up selling that because it didn't do well in low light situations and a lot of times I work in low light situations where I cannot adjust the light. Um, the picture is very very grainy even in good light. It, it seemed a bit harsh. I've been playing with the settings a bit but I could never get it to look as good as I wanted it to look so I ended up selling that as well. What I ended up looking for then is I was looking for something in between my LS300 and something like a GH5. And what I came to realize is my background is more in camcorders. I know camcorders get dirty rap right now because they're not cinematic. They're not this, but not everybody shoots cinema. Not everybody is shooting a movie. Sometimes you just, some of the work I'm doing now, it's just going in and recording people speaking so that they can improve their technique. You don't need an interchangeable lens camera for that. You don't need anything super fancy. So as we're going through the needs, I realized what I want is more of a basic camcorder, something that works well in low light, something that um, is easy to set up, easy to record to, can take SD cards, doesn't need anything super like HD card, uh, excuse me, compact uh, flash cards, but something that I can use with my current equipment. I won't need to rig it up. It'll come with XLR inputs, it'll come with a handle, it'll come with a monitor, it'll have all the things I need. That's one of the things about the LS300, the monitor on it is atrocious. So we need to talk to JVC and see if they're going to do any improvements, if they're going to come up with a, a version 2, a Mark II of the LS300. And if they could just improve the screen, that would, that would go a long way. I do want something with um, ND filters uh, right there. And a fixed lens won't be a problem because then I don't have to take two bags full of lenses depending on the situation. It'll have a zoom. It'll have um, stabilization. It'll have the things that I need. And what I've been looking at is comparing the Canon. Canon has a couple of different ones. They have their XA line, which is the smaller line of camcorders. The XF line, which is the larger line of camcorders, even though they've started to make those small too. Then uh, JVC has their uh, GY line but they don't seem to have any in the 4K. And, and I do want to stay with 4K because there's things that I can do with it in post that I might need. Um, and the picture, you can get a lot more information in, even if you're uh, just doing 1080p. So I want to look into that, the JVC line. Um, then there's Panasonic, which has a whole slew of cameras in that, pro in that uh, genre of small 
I do want a larger sensor. I don't want to deal with any half-inch or third-inch sensors anymore. I want to deal at least one-inch sensor. And I also want to be able to have ease of use and really good image quality. That means a higher bit rate and the ability to do some um, higher speeds. It's one of the great things about the LS300 has variable um, frame rates. You can dial it in. You do have to basically shut the machine off to do it. I don't know of too many camcorders that don't. So it does take a little bit of time, but it's, it's not that bad. So those are the things I'm looking at. Something comparable to the LS300 when I just need to do something run and gun. So I've been looking at the Canon XA400, either the 400 or 405. I've been looking at a couple of the Panasonic models. I don't remember their models right off the top of my head. And price-wise, it has to be under $3,000, which actually leaves quite a lot of room, quite a couple of different models out there. So now that I've narrowed it down, you see the thought process where I go from what I need compared to the kind of work that I do, compared to the specs that will fulfill that, compared to the price range that will fulfill that, and then we start to break down. Now, you notice I didn't say anything about Sony. Um, I do have a bias against Sony just because of their menu system. It's terrible. And uh, I've been working with Canon now for over 20 years, and their menu system stays basically the same. Now, there's a running joke going around about how Canon cripples their releases. Um, and part of the issue is they, they're in so many different realms, from DSLRs to mirrorless now to camcorders to cinema cameras. They're basically in every genre. And so they work really, really hard that there's very little overlap between models. If you want a cinema camera, you're going to go to this line. If you want a camcorder, you're going to go to this line. If you want a hybrid, well, then you're just sort of out of luck. You're going to end up buying three different cameras. That's the way Canon looks at it. People hate it. I'm just familiar with them, so it's, it's an ease of use that it comes to with me. And I fell in love with the XL1 and the GL2, and I've sort of stuck along with that. However, Panasonic has made a lot of inroads in regard to usability, um, ease. I have a bit of problems with how they do their frame rates and the, um, their compression technology. Um, when they had their P2 cards, they went all in with the P2, but they left out some of those features from the SD. So I don't think their compression is as good as Canon's. I also don't think their colors are as good. I find that I have to do more color correction with Panasonic cameras, even though their images still look good. Um, and a lot of these companies also cripple their lenses where they're... Um, uh, their f-stops change as you zoom in so um, I should say is it zoom out let me remember as you're zoomed in it's a higher f-stop or a smaller aperture if you want confusion um, so you can get a 2.8 zoomed in but then zoomed out it's up to a 4.5 um, f-stop and so your picture changes and that's what you get for that price range, um, which isn't terrible. It's just something to consider. So all of these things lead me to try to break down cameras. Now, we're also coming close to 
Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So we're about a month away. Does it make sense to buy anything now or wait? Then Canon released the 90D, which now has clean out. This is a DSLR, though. It has clean HDMI, uh, 4K HDMI out. It has... Um, there. <laughs> It doesn't have a very high frame rate for recording, and they're finally going to release a firmware to put 24p back in. Don't know why they left that out in the first place. But once again, they're not trying to satisfy everybody. They have they make their equipment. One camera will satisfy this crowd. Another camera will satisfy this crowd. Um, that's just the way they look at it, like it or hate it. I just I like their products. I don't, and their marketing is up to them and how they design it. I've been very happy with their DSLRs. So you do have that option, and that would be half the price of a camcorder. But then, once again, I would be frustrated within a few months as I'm trying to do certain things, and I need to throw a whole bunch of attachments on it to, to make it feasible. So those are the things I'm thinking about. At this current time, I have a mirrorless by Canon. It's okay. I brought it for the weight, so when I go out, it's I don't have a whole lot of weight hanging around my neck as I'm walking about all day at these convention centers. I have a DSLR. You can it shoots excellent video, um, and really, 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 really good pictures. And I have a whole host of lenses for it, uh, so I'll always be keeping my DSLR. Then I have the LS300, and I have access to specific camcorders, but I always like to have my own. Because sometimes I'll get jobs at the last minute and I don't want to have to go rent something and wait for it to be delivered and that I haven't tested it out. Is it any good? Blah, blah, blah. So considering all those things, I do have a small set of production equipment and soon I'll be able to start recording videos in my basement again. And that's always a good thing. So I wanted to have a camcorder. I just throw the camcorder right up. Yeah, it's not going to look like other people's DSLR. But it'll be much easier. It has great dual pixel autofocus. I don't have to worry about, the, like the LS300, the autofocus is atrocious. So that wouldn't be usable. And then the DSLR doesn't have a clean output, a clean HDMI output. Uh, I can use a smaller camcorder, but then I need more lights. It's all these different needs that really drive how I do my research. And since there's not one perfect camera for everything what's what's that you said what would be my perfect camera large sensor a single uh, lens power focal that has constant aperture um, can record high frame rates has nd filter has um, image stabilization has excellent autofocus, uh, doesn't need anything special to record, to can record to SD cards, but I will accept it if it can record to a USB-C drive, since I already have one of those. But it has a place to hold the, the USB-C um, drive, whether it's M2 format or um, a larger one like the Samsung T5s. And if you don't understand anything of what I'm saying, write to me and let me know, and I'll explain all this detail. So that would be my perfect camera. 
See, also, one thing I forgot, it would have to have an excellent zoom. Um, and no such camera exists. None of them. If you think you know of a camera that has all those options, remember what I said. First of all, var wait, let me see, where do I start? XLR inputs. I didn't mention that. XLR inputs, image stabilization, excellent autofocus, can record to either USB-C or SD cards with... Um, excellent low compression. I don't need raw, but it would be nice to have a log, um, a log recording format. I don't care which log it is. I can work with any of them. Um, the ability to do high frame rates, ND filter. Um, did I say high frame rates? I think I did. <laughs> I said that twice. It, it, you know what? It's great. You don't think you need it until you use it that one time and you realize, wow, this can really change things. And I'm not just talking about slow motion for the sake of slow motion, but there's certain moods that you can recreate because of high frame rates, with high frame rates. Uh, what else? Yes, we're talking about a constant aperture, um, excellent zoom. Let's say 15x zoom, 20x. I'm not asking for too much. Did I say ND filter? I don't even remember. You know what? I'm going to write this list down and put it on the web page. And I challenge anybody to let me know. Oh, has to be affordable. Now, what's affordable to me might not be what's affordable to you, but I'm going to leave that open to interpretation. And on, and on top of all that, if you know of a camera like that that exists, you let me know. You write to us at unwired the podcast at spaceage-lc.com or unwired at spaceage-lc.com or what else? Unwired at spaceagellc.com. Uh, tweet us, tweet out to us at unwired the podcast. Uh, you know, reach out to us if you know of a camera that even comes close to all that. I'm not even talking about long battery life. I'll do. I'll deal with a whole bunch of batteries. I don't have that problem as long as the batteries are affordable. And they don't have to be V-mount, because V-mount batteries are huge and heavy. It doesn't always work. Um, what else? I think that's it. So if you know of any camera that has these options, I'm definitely going to put this list on the webpage, because one day we'll get close to it. You let me know. High frame rates, high bit rates. So that's it for this episode. We covered quite a bit of things. Continue to tune in. And I really appreciate you guys listening um, and writing in to me. And letting me know if I can improve anything or talk about anything specific. Just let me know. Thanks and have a great week. <laughs>